0: Welcome to the Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Sell Better Daily Show. Happy Friday. Um, I'm going to share my screen real quick, and we're going to get started in just a few minutes. But as y'all are calling in, you know the typical drill. Let us know where you're calling in from in the chat. Uh, I'm over here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you guys are in Michigan, let me see it in the comments. Um, but Timo, where are you at? I mean, south of France right now, so not in Michigan at all. Very far. Cool. Uh, Well, yeah, as we're waiting for people, we're going to give it a couple minutes before we go through the pre-slides and get started. So again, let us know where y'all are calling in from. And uh, Tim, while we're waiting for people to come in, I will ask you, um, has there been any new podcast books or sales creators that you've particularly been interested in, maybe some related to AI? Yes. So, so,
1: you know, like for me, I love talking about AI and everything, but I think the most interesting are people who are sticking to what's really important. Uh, I think in prospecting is getting replies and everything. And to that extent, yeah. there's two people I'm, I can really think of. They also include AI a bit in, I mean, everyone, we all kind of use it and talk about that nowadays, but there's uh, Nate Nastrala, I think is really, you know, I, I love that is fire recently. And uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen Connor actually works at uh, User Gems. And uh, I think she's doing also some great content there. So super tactical. I love tactical stuff, and
0: uh, that's these two are just like look, everything they're putting out there right now. Kristen Connor is great; she's got really good content. Um, yeah. Awesome, guys! So we've got about a hundred people in the uh, in the Zoom room here, and we'll sure sort of have a, a few more people joining. But we're gonna jump right in. We're gonna go through a few slides, and then we're gonna get into the show. We've got a thirty-minute show, so lots of stuff to cover. Um, by the way, as we're going through today's show, uh, make sure to put your questions in the Q and A section. And if you're putting anything in the chat, make sure to change it to everyone as opposed to just hosts and panelists. That way everybody can see your chat questions. But again, put any questions in the Q&A. We're probably going to spend around five minutes towards the end of the show answering all those Q&As. So uh, my name is Jed Marley. I'm the director of sales over at Mailstake. I'm here with Timot Soyris. He is the CEO and founder at Sales Labs. Uh, done a few shows with him in the past. He's got really good content. Definitely check out his LinkedIn And he's got a surprise for you guys at the end of today's show as well. So make sure to stay around towards the end to see that. I want to say thank you to our partner, Outreach, as well, for making these shows possible. Um, If you remember in-person events pre-COVID, and I'm sure some people are going back to them, Outreach is having an event. We'll drop the link in the chat below. Uh, You can go. It's going to be in Seattle, I believe, beginning of October, but all the details will be in the link. Bunch of great speakers, bunch of uh, good opportunities to network in person. So definitely check that out if you're in the Seattle area. Um, Also, just want to give you guys a quick heads up. If you go to the Sell Better website, there's tons of really good information, uh, great courses. I've created some courses, lots of free guides. Uh, We're doing this daily show, every single day. And then you can also go to the YouTube channel to get a bunch more free content. Um, So tons of free stuff. Definitely check it out. Pretty much whatever you want to learn. uh, It's going to be there on the Sell Better website. Okay, so today's agenda, we're going to be talking about, I think this is the fourth edition in our AI series, but today we're going to be talking specifically about the importance of why you need to narrow your ICP, how to use AI to better understand and find target account lists in your ICP. And then also more importantly, uh, if you follow Tibbet's uh, LinkedIn or see his courses and his information, he's getting a ridiculously high reply rate through pulled email, 38%. And he's helped clients do this as well. And so we're going to learn from him today and how we can AI to do this. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen real quick, and I want to pass it to you. Uh, I want to know just can you just to kind of kick off the conversation first before we kind of get into your process for getting such high reply rate can you tell us in the audience like how are you I guess why do you think narrowing your ICP and ad in such a strict account list when you're doing prospecting is so important talk us through some of that
1: sure so um yeah so so for me the knowing your ICP so ideal customer profile is really important and I'd be curious to know uh, I don't know if we have a, a poll question for that or anything there but if you can share with us, what's your ICP? So who are you selling to? Who's your ideal customer? Profit? Yeah, put it in the chat. Yeah, it's it's a question I, I often ask, you know, whenever I'm doing a training and uh, Sad, for example, is sharing sales leaders, enterprise. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, VP, threat intelligence. I didn't know there was anything, uh, you know, uh, okay, so we have a lot of different things. And so what I like here is that people are sharing either an ideal customer company or an ideal customer title. And so for me, What's really important with the uh, ideal customer profile is to make sure that you are understanding first, what are the types of companies you are actually going to go and approach? And inside of these companies, what are the job titles you want to go and talk to? And so I like to, when I'm saying companies, uh, for me, it's really important to make sure that it's something that is very objective. So I like to use ferrographic data, meaning that you use stuff like headcount, Uh, location, funding, you know, all these things that are very easily accessible online or that are publicly available. And so once you have a clear idea of the maybe two, three types of companies you actually go and sell to, you want to understand what types of people you want to talk to. And there's two or three, I like to say, so the above the line buyers and below the line buyers. I'm using the proactive selling methodology for that, which is, you know, they use ATL, BTL, so it's basically your fiscal buyer, the person who's going to be able to make budget for you, take budget from one unit to the other to actually go and buy your stuff. And the BTL or below the line is typically person who has going to be, who's going to have a budget. So director, often like a head of something. And at the end, you have people who are really important, what we call the influencers. So people who will have an influence on your deals, but who are not going to be the ones making a decision. And if you're selling to uh, technical buyers like CTOs or whatever, uh, you can find people who are, let's say, developers who are going to be influencers. And if they don't want your stuff, if they don't want to integrate your SDK or whatever you're selling, they will actually make, you know, your, your deal will not go through even though your ATL and BGL want to go after. So for me, that's that's this thing. Types of companies, types of people you want to go after. And once you have that, you know, you're able to go and start thinking about problems. And that's why I think it's so important. And the last kind of test you can do is do this ICP metrics with your companies at the top. And basically, in uh, rows, you actually do the uh, the job titles, share it with someone, mm-hmm. and ask them to come with 10 prospects and make sure they actually go and fit. And if they can come with 10 prospects who fit with your ICP, then you have made something good. If not, it's not precise
0: enough. That's a really good exercise for all the managers and leaders on this, Paul. Um, check it out. And actually, I want to I do a quick poll. We're going to throw up a poll right now. I want to know when was the last time you reevaluated your ICP? Is it something that you're looking at monthly, quarterly, once a year, or do you just have the ICP criteria that you know your marketing team gave you or whatnot? And you're sticking with it. Um, personally, I think it's important to at least go through once a quarter uh, because the market changes, your product changes, things are changing all the time. So you want to make sure you're always targeting the right people. But, Tibo, you gave us a lot of different um, examples of how to create a specific ICP. Can you talk to us about maybe some ways you're using AI to do this? Like, how does AI kind of fit into this process of identifying your ICP and then building those target accounts? So, for me, the, the groundwork of actually finding the
1: SCP and everything is, is not something where I found AI is extremely useful, but for the problems related to that. So, once you have like, let's say you're selling, uh, take sales training services to a VP of sales, because something and really well. you want to understand what are the, the problems they're having. And for a lot of people, um, they don't really know the problems in details. So, for me, I like to understand what are the problems. And then outside of these problems, I, I like to understand what are the symptoms actually. And so with AI, you're able to really brainstorm to get ideas of what are these problems. So I can share uh, an example on my screen uh, with Chat. Oh yeah, just do it. So here's like, uh, it's the workbook from the course I'm doing on AI uh, outreach. And basically in there, there's a few things. So let's say you don't really know of any problem of your uh, prospects. One thing you can do, it's a bit generic, but you know you're going to be able to kind of go and get some ideas, is to actually go, and ask the AI to act like this specific person. So I'll get an example here. So I'm going, for example, uh, you know, to take Emma Tate, who's the global VP uh, people at Contentful. And what I'm saying is act like this person. So you act the, the you put the, na- the name, the job title at the company, and then list your top three challenges for 2023. Now you could even say list your top three challenges for the second half of 2023. And on top of that, if you can add a bit more context about the company. Uh, you can actually go and give a bit more, you know, like yeah, details to the uh, to ChatGPT, and it's going to come up with some interesting stuff. So what I've done here, that's the you know like the uh, input I had, and that's typically the output I got from it. So here, as Emma Tate, blah blah blah, I got talent acquisition and retention, scaling operations, diversity, equ- equity and inclusion. And so maybe I find that the first two ones are not relevant to anything I'm selling, but maybe this one is very interesting, you know. Or the second one, scaling operations, can be very interesting. So here, it's a first step to actually brainstorm about what are typical problems these people will have. And here, what's really important is to understand it's a brainstorming tool. I like to, you know, what I see, for example, today, I saw there's a beta feature on LinkedIn that allows you to rewrite your header, your headline, or rewrite your about section. I tried it. It sucks, you know, because <laughs> you go and it take whatever you have and puts. And so the AI is not fed with the right thing. So it kind of comes up with something really, really weak. So here, you know, it's understanding that there's limitations to it. And asking it to go and do your job for yourself, it's not going to work. But asking it to come up with ideas will help you. And here, for example, you know, scaling operations, you could say, okay, as more and more companies are the uh, contentful, we need to be prepared to scale our operation, blah, blah, blah. And that may be something you can help with if you are selling sales enablement or whatever thing like that. So you can really go and get an idea of this. Wanna react on that, Jed, or you know, should
0: I keep going? No, I mean, so i want to pause here. First, I'm gonna put up the poll results here for how often folks are reevaluating their ICP. So it looks like most people are doing it once a quarter, which is what I do as well. I think that's probably the best move. Once a month is five. But yeah, definitely again, we talked about it earlier, but you know, product changes, and market changes, it's always important to make sure you have a very narrow and specific ICP because the more narrow your list and the people you're targeting, the more relevant your messaging will sound. Um, I'm gonna share my screen real quick sure. and I Alrighty. So um, going back to what we talked about earlier, Thibault's process for, uh, you know, getting such a high reply rate on cold email with AI. We just talked about defining your ICP and their problems. Definitely check out that AI problem. We're also going to send you the recording so you can grab that. But then talk to us about how you build a message for each symptom. So I feel like that's probably one of the hardest parts. You, know, you can get an idea of what their problems are. But maybe if you want to share your screen again, uh, sure. just talk us through this. How are you actually building a relevant message once you know these problems, so that you can actually, you know, get that reply rate? Sure. So basically,
1: um, the thing with the uh, problems, and so for me, I like to differentiate between problems and symptoms. So problem is kind of the big thing. So VP of sales, for example, they have a target of 100 million this year. Their problem is they're only at 80. There's 20 million missing, and that's that's a big problem. But often, you know, it's too generic. You know, just using a big problem is going to be something where you say, hey, do you want to make more? Money, or do you want to make more sales? And if you approach someone saying, hey, we can actually help you make more sales, they're going to ignore you. But if you go into more details by saying, typically, you have a forecast, uh, your forecast or your reps are promising deals. And every week, the deals are, you know, kind of falling through another week. And so basically, you have no commitment. You have no idea of what are the deals that you can count on or not. That's more of a symptom. So once you have a symptom, what you can do is train ChatGPT." And you know, like I really focus on ChatGPT, but there's other things you can use, but more mostly because it's kind of the infrastructure of AI that a lot of uh, tools are using. What you can do is feed a typical message framework. And I come back to uh, Nate and, uh, and Kristen. So here, uh, this post, for example, I really love it from Kristen where it's called Do the Math. So you're going to train ChatGPT on what a really good framework looks like. So what, is the, what are the elements of the framework? What's the example? And then you're going to say, so here are the six symptoms that um, I want to use in my messaging. Use the following uh, framework and build messages, you know, for these six, six, six symptoms. So here, you know, you have the example, ample, trigger, quick pitch, calculation, and CTA. So Mary, notices you have over 50 open positions on your job portal. We had to scale of reduced annual employee trends from 30 to 10% or less. With a typical cost of mishire around 30k per employee, this would mean going from 15 to 5 mishires resulting in 200k saved worth a chat. And so basically, once you're done with that, you can go and uh, and really train ChatGPT on doing this. So let me just find where, again, that's here. Yeah. So that would be a typical prompt where I say, hey, I'd like to build a three-touchpoint outbound sequence in order to get a prospect to reply to my messages. I use the following framework. So here I got the framework, the example, mm-hmm. or based on the framework I shared, build a call message for each of the symptoms listed below. High turnover, difficulty finding qualified candidate, competitive job market. And this is a typical output I have. So here, again, don't take everything and just say, okay, this is great, I'm going to send it right away. reread it, reread it, make sure it actually makes sense. But this gives you an idea of how to apply this framework. Because Jed, as I've been training a lot of teams and a lot of people, the big problem they have is applying the frameworks. So I don't know why, but uh, AI seem to be faster to actually go digest the framework and get a first v- a V1. Whereas people often have these uh, paralysis, they don't really know what to do. What and so here it gives you an idea, an indication of where to go. And that's a good way to actually get started, you know, and get on on your way to actually send these messages and uh, and and basically get more replies.
0: Yeah, there's a. it reminds me of a really good quote I like from I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you people follow Scott Lee's but he says, shrink the delta between idea and action, right? I think mm-hmm. I had noticed this as well. When I was an FBR coaching, my team is that. We're often finding ideas, whether it's on a show like this or it's on LinkedIn or wherever it is. And the biggest friction point or the biggest thing that kind of hurts you from actually seeing results from that tactic or that idea is the friction points you run into on the way from having an idea to actually accessing it. And so what I like what you're doing here, Timote, that you're actually, you're like, you're using your brain, you're you're trying to figure out those problems, but then you're using ChatGPT to remove the friction points and actually make things happen much faster. So... Um, this is really cool. And, and guys, I think I saw a question about if you're getting access to this notion doc, I believe that'll be towards the end where we have to, you know, a, to what's got a, a surprise game, guys. But you can obviously, I mean, go ahead and, you know, take the information that's here right now. You'll get the recording, all that stuff. Um, but talk us through the next step, right? So now we've built, you know, we've identified our ICP, we've figured out their problems. We're really specific. Uh, we're, we're using this framework to kind of build these messages uh, for each symptom, each problem. How do you go about kind of executing the sequence? Is that it right there? Or do you have, what are the process of building out the sequence and actually executing it?
1: So here it's uh, the sequence. I, I, for me, I found that um, I just find it very simple and obvious, but for most people, it's actually really hard to go and, and execute, but for me, it's first you build your sequence skeleton. So meaning that you say, okay, um, I'm going to go, I built, I did my ICP matrix. I understand what are problems. I get a good idea of the symptoms i got some messages but before i want to make sure that i got a structure that i'm going to follow where i'm going to decide when do i stop reaching out to a person you know when do i decide that i'm just going to move on to the next prospect or you know keep going and so for this you have a sequence which includes like touch points so i don't know maybe 10 touch points and then i'm going to define what are the channels i'm going to use maybe linkedin email phone what is the media so is it text video audio and what is the cadence what are the steps i wait uh, between uh, each touch point you know without a reply to actually send the next one and with this once you have this you have an idea of the sequence you need to follow you can upload it in outreach for example that's that's their job that's what they do really well and then you can you know do it for you you can do it manually that's really up to you and how you are structured but basically once you're in there you have your messages for each touch point and then it's about really you know uh adding people to the sequence every day and for this I you know, I like to call that the cruising altitude. So you want to find mm. how many prospects you need to add to your sequence every day to reach your targets, being monthly, quarterly, or yearly targets. So you do kind of a reverse calculation. You say, okay, I need to do 12 opportunities per month. That's 24 meetings, books per month. That's like uh, with a, re- a meeting rate of 20%, that's, I don't know, X this. And at the end, it's like, I don't know, 500 prospects I need to add to my sequence in this month, divide that by 20, and that's your daily activity or daily number of prospects you need to contact. So once you have the sequence, make sure you actually put some fuel in the engine, which is fuel for me is like net new prospects you add. It's not the activity yeah. level or whatever, but the number of people you touch. And quick tip here, the pro tip I would like to say, don't only add net new people before you don't know. Make sure you add people who you already know, lost opportunities, past opportunities, yeah. like just you know, try to get some conversation started with people, you know, especially nowadays, because that's going to get you pumps to keep going and, and get you more from the others.
0: I want to reiterate on that because I think it's really important. You mentioned knowing your meeting rate. So in other words, if I upload, let's say a hundred prospects into this sequence, how many meetings on average will I get? Uh For everyone listening, drop a one in the chat if you know what you're it so again in other words you know how what percentage of prospects you're going to convert if you upload let's say 100 into a sequence and put a two in the chat if you don't know that if you don't know it that's all right but it's a good thing that you heard this because i think that's something really important to keep an eye on as you're building out sequences because otherwise if you don't know what your meeting rate is you really have no idea on if your messaging is actually improving or not or if your target lists are improving because reply rates only going to tell you so much not every single reply equals a B. So, definitely start tracking your meeting rate. That's something really important. I also want to go back to a question we got from Brian Schneider. Uh, he asked, Do you include a prompt for your subject line too? So, are you using uh, ChatGPT or prompts for subject lines or are you creating those on your own?
1: Yeah. So, subject lines are also, uh, you know, you can obviously use the same kind of tactic or same kind of spirit you can use uh, ChatGPT also. I don't know if I got something over here about that. Let me just check uh, messaging. I don't have meat here, but basically, the idea is you're going to do the same where you can say, yeah. here's the list of 10 excellent email subject lines. So I don't know, like I received one that I don't remember. Yeah, it was like, Thibault, I saw your LinkedIn grow up or something like that. I saw you explode on LinkedIn. I, that was really good. I opened it because I was like, okay, that sounds very personal. So that was really thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I took this example. You have like blog posts and there's plenty of things where they share, you know, like uh, if you think about Lavender, they talk a lot about email subject lines. So take maybe five, 10 great subject lines. Take the examples and break them down into uh, frameworks. So you're going to say, this is like the subject. This is the question. This is you know this is how it's structured. And then you're going to ask ChatGPT to give you 10 more ideas of what a good subject line would look like. So again, always same concept. You train the AI. You use this kind of uh, capacity as a virtual assistant and not as something that knows everything. Because I don't know, like last, last time I tried was a few weeks ago. But if you ask ChatGPT to build a call out message, it's going to be terrible. So if you show it what's a yeah. good, let's say your good cold email subject line, it's gonna come up and iterate on this, and then it's gonna give you some great ideas. So that's the same spirit over there. Just go feed it some great subject lines, make sure that you show examples, frameworks, and then it's gonna come up with great ideas.
0: Yeah, that's key, guys. And in ChatGPT, you can have safe chat. So you can have like your subject line chat and just feed it all the great subject lines. You can have your cold email framework or template chat, and you can feed it that. any anytime you need to go back and write into cold email. It has been trained and it'll save all the, the resources from before. Um, if you don't know what a cold email looks like, if you're a rep who's maybe new and you haven't written cold emails, you don't know what to give ChatGPT. Go find somebody else in your team. Give the templates they're using and, and, and you know actually getting meetings with, and upload that into ChatGPT. One thing I used to do was, you know, I would just look at a lot of folks have you know newsletters or they're sharing their templates on LinkedIn. Find those, save them, upload those frameworks and those ideas into ChatGPT, and kind of build your knowledge base around people who are already doing it successfully. This is really good stuff. So the fourth step in your process, you mentioned, you know, is once you start getting these replies, you're recycling marketing resources. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that and what the process looks like for, you know, these marketing resources and and responding to email replies? Sure. So um,
1: basically, one thing that I found is a lot of times when I train SDRs and they go and say, hey, I go in my messages and I share a really concrete use case, but I don't get replies. And often they they share a case study or they share stuff about their company, what they're doing. And so there's a few things to understand. But in in a lot of companies, you have what we call uh, either blog posts or they have marketing strategies to go and attract leads. And so one, for example, would be a blog post. And the use of the blog post is to create regular content, create authority, but also do some SEO ranking. So the problem is uh, a blog post, you know, that is optimized for SEO will be super boring to read. So it's going to be great for Google to actually rank you or whatever. But for a human to win, it's going to be horrible. So it's like six minutes of like jargon and whatever. So what you can do is take this thing and you can, you know, extract the key elements of this or, you know, just copy paste in chat GPT and say, okay, turn this blog post into a checklist. You know, so it can be a blog post about, I don't know, uh, 10 tips on how to prospect with LinkedIn. And you turn that into a checklist. And then it gives you instead of having a format, which is a long blog post, it gives you a checklist with like bullet points of what to do. and then you copy that, put it into a notion uh, thing or a word or a PDF or whatever you want, and you turn it into a resource. It gives you give it a catchy name where it can be like uh, the ultimate uh, the, the last 10 tips you need to know about email or you know prospecting with email. And then what you're doing is you include that into your messaging. So you say, hey prospect, I'm curious to know how you're solving this specific problem or how you're avoiding this from happening. Because if you're in this situation, I have a quick resource for you. Uh, let me know and I'll send it over. And this thirty-eight percent reply rate I'm talking about is really based on that, which is, you know, instead of going and sharing the value immediately, I use what I call the Netflix effect. So, for example, I, I love watching uh, Selling Sunset with my wife, and uh, that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know what it is. And uh, they always end up where Christine is fighting with uh, Chriselle or whatever. And then you're like, what's going to happen? She's going to kill her. And then it stops. And then you need to watch the other episode to know what's happening. That's called the cliffhanger. That's the same you're doing with this. You saying, hey, I got something for you if you have this problem. Just hit reply and I'll tell you more. And by doing this, you're starting a lot more conversations and then you can navigate this
0: conversation with the kind of resources you're sharing. No, it's awesome. And I'm a huge fan of selling stuff that as well. Yeah. Um. So, and, and I... Everything you're I love everything you're saying, Matt, because I, I completely agree with sharing resources as well. Like, one thing we found to work really well in our sequences is our call to actions aren't really even asking for time or interest. We're just saying, like, Hey, we're writing messages around a problem we solve, but then we say, Hey, do you want a video or a quick resource on how you can begin to solve this problem for free? And the key is we're not sharing our own resources, we're sharing third party resources. Yeah. So, um, this isn't not to give myself a mail shake plug, but the problem that we typically solve is email deliverability, email to spam. So we'll say, hey, would you like to learn more about this? We're sending them an article from Hotspot on how to you know, reduce your spam rate and things of that nature, not from our own company. They see that. They see the impact. And we say, hey, if you want to learn more, we can jump on a call. So I love exactly what you're saying. Um, definitely compile those resources. I, I love using third-party third party resources specifically because it builds more trust and credibility. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got six minutes left. We've got a few Q&As to go through. But the last step in your process is uh, navigate the conversation. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what that and then we'll jump right into the Q&A?
1: Sure. So quickly, basically once the, the conversation is started, you want to understand, am I talking to someone who has a problem I can help with right now or in the future? And so for this, is you share the resource. So when you say, hey, you're interested in getting this resource, I say yes. You share it. Give them a few days. And say, okay, so any thoughts, I, you know, has it been helpful? Are you interested in getting more resources? Or even you can tease something where you say, hey, if you're interested if you like this, I got a few other, uh, you know, like ideas on, you know, on how specifically you can apply that in your business. I want to know more about that. If you get yes, you say, okay, would it be a bad idea to hop in a call, you know? And that's where you, you do the ask for the call. And what I found is really great. That's the, the truth question where often people will tell you, hey, maybe not right now, you know, or the, if they're really interested and often if they have a problem, they're going to jump into a call. It's going to be so much of a better call than the, the kind of album call you kind of muscle through to kind of go and get. Because you got value, you delivered value. They know what you're talking about. If they take a call with you, it's because they, they, they often made some research about what you're doing. And so I found that this is great to start the conversation. And a lot of people will say, hey, not right now, but you can keep going and once a month, send more resources and basically build this pipeline that's going to allow you to get some more meetings. So that's really for me, navigate the conversation is sharing the resource, asking for feedback, and then using this negative reversing question where you ask if it's a bad idea to go and hop in a call.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah, I love it. Um, And we're going to go through some Q&A in the last four minutes here. But stay tuned to the very end, because, again, we have a surprise gift from uh, Thibault at the end of this call. But first, let's go through some of the Q&A. So we have one from uh, Perry. He asked, uh, is ChatGPT pulling more recent info than 2021? Uh, So do you know anything about that or how to get around that?
1: So right now, I look and it says, ChatGPT may produce blah, 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 a ChatGPT July 20 version. So uh, for me, the thing is, if you look for facts, Maybe ChatGPT is not the best thing to, to do. It can give you an idea, but for me, it's more I use it, hey, here's what I know, here's how I do a framework. I actually go, and this is what I want to get. ChatGPT is like, is it, from, from what I understand, basically, it kind of guesses the next word, the next bunch of uh, words. So it's not something, it's not like a web crawler, whatever. So I don't know what's the, the the data about this, but ask you know using it as a search engine is not the best way. So for me, uh, uh, I don't know much about data if it's after 2021, but Basically, you know, I just want to make sure I use it for training it on what I want and become more productive.
0: Yeah, it's not perfect. And there's another question from an anonymous attendee. This is how accurate is he? I understand for the question. Um, it's always fact check, chat GPT. It's never going to be perfect. Like you said, it's not, a, it's not a search engine. But you can also give it more updated information. I think we had a show two weeks ago where we talked about how you could upload 10K reports and how to analyze that and give you ideas on what that company's biggest problems is. So that's an example of like giving it more recent info so that it can be more accurate. A um, couple more questions. So for SDRs at or organizations where leadership give them nothing on ICP slash key personas, would you suggest that they start with the "act like X at Y company" prompt? So, yeah, yeah. So that can that? be that can
1: be a good thing. Uh, if the company gives you no indication about ICP problems or whatever, that's also a red flag for me. So uh, if they don't know about the problem they are solving. Uh, you maybe need to actually go and dig a bit on that and see. Okay, maybe can I talk to the top-performing sales rep and understand? You know, what are the customers saying about the problem? So that's what I would do. I would go and see if there's any. First, are there any customers that are solving stuff? You know, with my with with, uh, with what we're doing, and ask these people. Take some notes and basically you take this this knowledge, upload it into ChatGPT, and that's where you can get some great stuff. So that's what I would do. But you can brainstorm, get some ideas. Uh, But if it's not your business and if you're working for someone and they hire you to go and book meetings, if there's no market fit or whatever, you know, that can be also a bit of a red flag. So make sure that you're you're doing it for the right type of companies.
0: Good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. I hope we found that. Last question before we move on. uh, Are you using AI for objection handling as well? That's from an anonymous attendee. So personally, I didn't try it, but that's a very good use case. So what I do is, uh, you know, I would take
1: the objections and say, okay, give me some suggestions on how to handle that. And so here, uh, you could actually get some ideas. And once I get some really good kind of ideas on on how to do that, I can also find frameworks and say, okay, these are 10 objection uh, uh, handling frameworks I have. Give me more ideas or variations of how I can do this. Always the same idea of feeding it like uh, ideas and context. So that's that's how we use it. I never did, but I think I'm going to go and try that.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, we just went through Timbo's uh, you know, five-step process for getting a 38% reply rate and cold email. That's what he's doing. If you guys didn't know, if you on his LinkedIn profile, he actually has a free guide, or not a free guide, excuse me, but he has a guide on how he's doing this. So uh, where can you uh, point the audience? I believe you have a, a discount code for folks as well, if they want to dive in deeper and actually see all the resources that come with this guide you can kind of share with us today.
1: So basically, uh, I've got a free guide too, so I'm going to share that, but uh, I've got a thing called the AI outreach system where what you've seen, the notion with the, all the the prompt and everything, is part of this course. So you can go. I did a 20% discount for people in there, so it's valid until tomorrow. So you can go and check it out and think about that. But basically, if you want to get an intro on how to do that, I have a thing, which is the Ultimate uh, Guide to AI-Powered Outreach, which is also sponsored by Outreach. So I think that's great. So you can go and check it out over there, get some ideas. Um And if you want to go and apply and build your system, you can also go take the course, which is a, a quick video course, uh, I think, over
0: 150 people already got it, so that's
1: something that uh, that is uh, interesting too.
0: Awesome, definitely check it out, guys, and connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, and thanks for everybody who listened. Uh hope everyone has a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much.